0: Thanks, and it's lovely to see you, and uh, good to see some visitors with us as well. Uh, you're very welcome to wherever you've come from, and hopefully we'll get to know you uh, at the end of the service. We have a visitor's book, Tea and Coffee, upstairs, by the way, today. We're going to go up for tea and coffee. Uh, we usually go down, by the way. Um, so you're very welcome and great to have you. Uh, just to start, uh, we're going to look at some of these announcements here. Uh, you'll see that next Sunday... Uh, we're going to look at our a second in our series, A Conversation with Jesus, and this one is on hope and Mary Magdalene. And we also have the baptism of Henry Slovak, and that's Peter and Judy's uh, first child. Uh, so uh, they're bringing a choir. Uh, Peter sings in a choir, and uh, we're going to have a Hungarian element to that. So you're all very welcome, and uh, I hope that you'll be able to come and celebrate with us as we baptize Henry. So then we've got um, prayer ministry, of course, at the front. If you want to be prayed for confidentially, Uh, just something that's on your heart, the folks will simply pray to the Lord for you and leave it with Him. Uh, Then the Living Well group is meeting in a garden party. I was tempted to say that the Royalty of Bray are hosting that, um, but um, I don't see... Yeah, Alan and Heather are here, so I got away with that, okay. Um, so yes, there you have your your opportunity for a garden party uh, on Saturday, the 27th of July at 2.30 p.m., and everyone uh, of retirement age or near is very welcome. Uh, great to see Marcus with us and Eleni, but they leave us uh, this week, and they're going back to Brazil for a month, and so we need volunteers to... Uh, Clean uh, the church and keep it tidy, and you can email Stuart as well. We're also going to be starting work on the facade of the church uh, from tomorrow, and there will be, I assume, scaffolding and uh, sort of evidence of works uh, over the next six weeks. Uh, This will not affect Sunday morning services, but there may be slight inconvenience. Uh, The others there uh, you can read at your leisure. Today starts children's church. So if you are aged, uh, if you have children aged uh, three to eight uh, later on in the service, they can go outside, uh, well, upstairs uh, with the leaders. Uh, Ken and Anne are are leading it. Maybe you'll just take them for a walk or something. Uh, But I'm sure you have something organized. And then uh, the rest of the children stay in here. Uh, And our service is slightly different today. You see I've got this stool. I'm going to sit on it and talk to you in a conversational kind of way. We'll see how that goes anyway, and we'll work away at that. So that's going to happen right through the summertime. We have a Back to School with God Sunday on the 18th of August, um, and then, or no, on the 25th of August, sorry, and then we have uh, the start of our normal uh, Sunday services with uh, K2 and Sunday Special on the 1st of September. Over your page there, you'll see that... um, on the back page, uh, that we, uh, the grant applications for those who are eligible uh, to, to apply to the presbytery for post-primary and third-level education grants, uh, you should have, if you've already applied for these grants uh, in the past, you will be emailed about that. Or if you think that your, your children are eligible, uh, then uh, do uh, email that um, address there. Uh, it's means-tested. Um, and uh, the presbytery provides assistance in the paying of fees as well. Uh, the details of the summer service is there and who will be preaching. And then at the bottom, you'll see that we uh, this summer we're going to have just two times of prayer um, and meeting at the manse um, on Wednesday, the 10th of July, and Wednesday, the 21st of August. Um, and so we uh, just looking for an informal time of prayer um, and fellowship, um, we may do other things, but we'll see what the weather is like on those particular days, and you're welcome to come to the manse at 7.30 p.m. So those are all the announcements uh, that I have for you this morning. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 48 and verse 1, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. That is who we praise this morning, and we're going to do that in these two songs, Holy, 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 and How Great is the is our God. So let's stand to sing together. Well, let's talk to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for this glorious morning, and we thank you for this opportunity that we have to draw near to you and to have this conversation with you in prayer. And Father, we thank you that that is possible, of course, through the work that your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, did on the cross for his taking our sin upon himself and offering himself as a pure and wonderful sacrifice for us. Father, we thank you that he diverted your wrath away from us, and that, Father, that we now go free and that we are able to walk and that we are able to live in that freedom. And Father, we sing, as we've been singing, how great is our God, Uh, not just because of of that, but because of creation, uh, because of your character, uh, because of everything about you. And Father, we pray that we might understand afresh and anew this morning how great is our God. And Father, as we come, we realize that uh, we come with many burdens Uh, that we we come perhaps nervous and afraid of what the week will hold. Uh, We come uh, perhaps broken uh, by our own sinfulness, our attitudes, our thoughts, uh, the way that we have related to you this week, which may have been poor. And Father, we just simply want to leave it with you, uh, because your greatness is loving. You are a great and loving God. And Father, you welcome us as weak and sinful people into your presence. So, Father, I pray that you will help us to know how much we are loved and that you will help us to know how great you are this morning. And we pray for all who will take part. Uh, Father, for those who will read and pray that you will uh, help them, for those who will uh, lead us in uh, our music, uh, we ask that you will be with them as well. We pray for Anne and Ken as they take the younger children out in a moment or two. We pray that you would be with them as well. But, Lord, we're looking forward to hearing from your word and to hearing from you. And we pray that as we begin our service that we will commit ourselves to listening well and to interacting with all that you will ask of us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this is a new stool. By the way, so I hope you like it, recycled, just in case. And I don't know what I look like up here, but this is I'm going to try and do this uh, over the summertime and uh, have a conversation with you. So in this series, we're going to introduce you to some biblical characters. and our first one is Nicodemus. And uh, many of you will know about Nicodemus, um, and uh, it won't be new stuff to you. Um, But they have questions and they have struggles like we have. And you're also going to meet Jesus. And I hope that you will like Nicodemus. And I hope that you will like Jesus as you meet them today. So we're going to have a a conversation. Okay? A conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. uh, Like these ladies are having with their coffee and their uh, muffin that they're just chatting and having a think about it. And this is the person that we're going to meet. Nicodemus is an older man. He's dressed in religious dress, and he was a Jewish leader. Jesus is younger, and he's dressed much more commonly. And there's a household servant probably in this as well. And we meet them in a house, and the sun has set. The man introduces himself as Nicodemus, and he says that he's come to talk to Jesus. He's invited in, he's given some bread, and the servant, by the servant, and Jesus comes into the room, and this is what you see in the picture. Now, Nicodemus was a religious man, a Pharisee, devoted to the Bible, the Hebrew Bible, and he spent lots of time studying it and applying it to his life. He was also a leader of the Sanhedrin, a member of the Sanhedrin, which is called the Jewish, the ruling Jewish council. Seventy men who were responsible for guiding the proper worship of God. And he was confident, confident in his knowledge of God and in his fixed belief that God knew him, his religion, and his, um, and his relationship with God were inseparable. So his religion and his relationship with God were the things that went together. And Nicodemus believed that religion had great value. I don't know which one I am up there, but there's lots of different types of minister and religions represented up there. So he believed that religious people did good things and he believed that religious people were good for society. And he would not have shared, because you will hear all the time in Dublin that religion is bad. Religion is mindless. Religion is responsible for so much bad and violence in our world. And though Nicodemus may have conceded that some of those things by some people might have been true, for him, his religion was about real personal faith, about a deep trust in the Bible, and he was convinced that his convictions and his religion would make the world a better place. Yet, we are about to be surprised because Jesus is going to shatter Nicodemus' confidence in religion. In fact, Jesus says, no one can be righteous religious, morally good, and loving to, that even though Jesus says that one can be, sorry, religious, morally good, and loving towards others, and yet be off-putting towards God. Let's listen to the conversation. And you can find it in your Bibles in John chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. And Aaron is going to come and read that. And I'll get off this stool and move to the side. So on page 1065,
1: John chapter 3, verse 1 to 15. Jesus teaches Nicodemus. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you, do, you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How, how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life.
0: ahead, Thanks, Aaron. Well, we're going to sing a song. Um, and this, I think, the Sunday special folks sang. It's called, For God So Loved the World, which, of course, is based on verse 16 of chapter 3, which we didn't read. So, do you want to lead that? What Are we, are we doing actions, Ken? Okay. We're not doing accents, okay. Go! I think we got there eventually. Um, thank you everybody, that's great. Um, if the boys and girls who are aged 3 to 8 want to leave now, uh, Anne is here and, and she will take you upstairs. So is anybody going out? Those who are aged 3 to 8. And there's also a, a non-supervised creche as well, you can take your children out uh, if they're younger than 3 at any stage as well. So Okay, if you're staying, you're staying, that's fine. Um, But you're very welcome to go out as well. Oh, by the way, before I move on, uh, somebody left this uh, Leap Visitor card. So if you are a visitor in church today and you would want a Leap card, and it may have money on it, uh, then you're very welcome to have it and we'll pass it on. Okay, so it's here. You can come and have it. And if it's yours, if you were here last week and you you left it, you can have it, of course, as well. So let's uh, go on in our story with Nicodemus. So Nicodemus is the one who starts the conversation with Jesus. And he says this very important a couple of words. He says, we know. You know. He comes to Jesus and he says, we know. Verse 2. That is, we experts, we people who study religion, we know. We know about your relationship with God. So he's telling Jesus, we know that your relationship with God is okay. We know that you've come from God. Now, there are two schools of thought. That means there's two ways of thinking about this. Was Nicodemus coming and for help? In other words, was he coming to Jesus to ask for help? Or was he coming to Jesus to offer advice? I'm going to take the second that he was coming to offer advice. But if you look in verses 3 and 5 in your Bibles there, you'll find that Jesus counters him very strongly. I tell you the truth. When I was a boy growing up, I think that said verily, verily. In other words, truly, truly. I tell you the truth. It's a way of saying, I'm saying what is true. It's kind of a a literary way of saying it in in that language. A strong way of saying, you're wrong, and I'm going to tell you the truth. And to get the force of this, look at what Jesus says to Nicodemus. He bluntly says, your confidence is misplaced, Nicodemus. You're mistaken. You're in very real danger of not seeing and not entering the kingdom of heaven. In fact, your relationship with God is in question. Wow, Nicodemus, you might not see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus you might not enter the kingdom of God and Nicodemus is blown away so it's time for us to reflect on that Jesus was convinced that this religious well-meaning man was in danger of missing out on the kingdom of God altogether Nicodemus confidence which flowed from his spiritual stature and his deeply religious background was denounced it was declared to be misplaced for him, this must have been earth-shattering. Even for us, it might not be so today. We're generally more flexible about how we react with faith commitments. And so we don't, as it were, put all our eggs in one basket sometimes, and we're more liable to, to not get so upset about this. But that was not the case for Nicodemus. His whole life was about living the way that he thought he was living to please God. His beliefs were fixed. And to told that your belief is wrong and prohibit you from seeing or entering the kingdom of God was shocking and unimaginable. Your faith, Nicodemus, is entirely misplaced, it's mistaken, and as a result, meaningless and helpless to save. And folks, the time for us to reflect is that we will often hear people say, but I'm spiritual. And by that, they mean that they see, that they, that they talk often about God, that they think often about God, that they're spiritually sincere. But Nicodemus challenges us that you can be very spiritual and be entirely mistaken. And we should think about that for ourselves. What about us? Sometimes we say, doesn't my background and my upbringing count for anything? Isn't being spiritual good? What would Jesus say if he came and talked to me today? So where do we go next? What does Jesus want us to know? And how do we find a real connection with Jesus? We're going to sing again, and then we'll hear what Jesus says after that. Lord, the light of your light is shining, just in praise of Jesus. So, the Lord, the light of your light is shining. Let's stand to sing. Great, well, if you have your Bibles, just keep looking at them there. And uh, we're going to look now at some helpful words that Jesus gives to Nicodemus. If you remember what we were saying, it, it's a tough moment for Nicodemus. His religious observance has been questioned. And if you look in verse 4, it appears that he is confused. He asks, how can a man be born when he is old? And surely he cannot enter into his mother's womb and be born. Possibly he's being a little bit sarcastic and he's questioning what Jesus has said. But his bewilderment... His questioning is actually good. It's good for Nicodemus, and it's good for us. It's a place where we are often, when we come to Jesus, where we're humbled. And so we listen to what Jesus says. And maybe somebody will read that out good and loud. Who wants to read that? Verses 5 to 8. Marcelo, you're at the front. Will you just turn around and and read it? Absolutely. You need your glasses on.
2: (laughs) all right chapter three verse five jesus answered i tell you the truth no one can enter the kingdom of god unless he's born of water and the spirit flesh gives birth to flesh but the spirit gives birth to the spirit you should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again
0: Thank you. Well read. Well, not easy words, are they? Water, spirit, wind, and flesh, and all in the context of new life with God. Now, but you must remember that Nicodemus has a fantastic knowledge of the Old Testament, and he would have known that those words were spoken in the past by a prophet called Ezekiel. Oh, wrong Ezekiel. <laughs> I couldn't resist it. It's funny, I was, I was thinking about him. There we go. Ezekiel is leaving us soon to get married, so I thought we'd put that up again. Where is he? Oh, he's here. Yes, there you go. Not that Ezekiel, but that Ezekiel. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Ezekiel and the dry bones coming to life. And what Ezekiel. Uh, What Nicodemus would have known is, from that story in uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, is that it wasn't the religion of the people of Israel of the time that brought them to life. It was hearing the word of God. It was the work of the Spirit. It was nothing to do with what they had done, but it was all to do with what God had done. And so Nicodemus should have known that Jesus wasn't referring to two physical births, but the physical and the second, but the first physical and the second spiritual. In essence, Jesus was now alluding through Ezekiel to the fact that we are all born into this world once. And if we are to know God for real, it won't be by religion. Instead, it will require that we are born again of his spirit. So Jesus has helped us all well. The vision of the dry bones shows us that God alone needs to act, that he must wash us and breathe new life into us. God must enliven our spirit and replace it with his own. We're not naturally born into God's family. We are born out of sorts with God, and we need to be born again. Did Nicodemus get it? Did he underjoin the dots? Did he ask how he could receive the washing and the Spirit of God? Well, not really. If you look again, he simply asks in confusion in verse 9, how can this be? And if you read on in verses 10 to 13, you'll actually see that Jesus isn't pleased with him. Jesus' words are very strong. You should have known these things as a teacher of Israel. And I love the way that Jesus uses the word we. If you just look in, in verse 10, you are Israel teacher and you do not understand these things. Verse 11, I tell you the truth, or truly, truly, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. Do you remember that Nicodemus was saying that we know? And Jesus is now saying, no, you didn't. But we know. And that he knows. Nicodemus, once proud and knowledgeable in his religion, is now confused, uncertain. And from that, from Jesus' perspective, that is a better place to be. And this is not only true for Nicodemus but for any of us who are unsure where we're heading off to, even if it is religion. And we must take heart because Jesus has one more thing to say. Okay, we're going to worship God. We're going to give our offering to Him now. And we're going to sing, not Yet not I, but through Christ in me. This is a fantastic new song that we've been trying to learn. Um, and it's really encouraging. So um, are we standing? Will we just sit to sing it? Okay. So just sing along if you know it. Uh, pick it up as you go. What a gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer. There is no more heaven now to give. So. And that, of course, is what Nicodemus had to learn, isn't it? That it was not through him, but through Christ so again, if you want to look at your Bibles, we'll see not only did uh, Jesus give Nicodemus some helpful words um, in the words from Ezekiel and uh, the dry bones, but he gave him some hopeful words, um, and we see those in verses 14 and 15. I suppose something that had never fully dawned on me before, and I, I think it's right, is that uh, verse Sixteen to the end of that passage is uh, John's commentary, really, uh, on uh, what was happening here, that the story ends at the end of verse 15. And so if you get the idea that what has happened here, that Jesus has been talking to Nicodemus and Nicodemus's confidence has been shattered, um, He's been given stuff to think about, um, we're really seeing him leaving now. He opens the door. And Jesus has one last thing to say to him, a strange thing, really. Another reminder of a story he would know well about snakes and poles and being lifted up. And I have a picture of that um, as well. So, uh, this is a story where uh, in Numbers 21, uh, where uh, the people of Israel had been disobedient, they'd started to grumble really against Moses. Um, and they were critical of him and where they were being led. And uh, God judged them, and he sent snakes into the midst of the camp. And some of them died, and many of them were ill because of the bites of the snakes. And because of their pain and the realization that they had done wrong and that they had not obeyed Moses and and God, uh, they turned to Moses as a mediator, and they said, Moses, will you pray? to God for us? Will you ask for God's forgiveness? And Moses did that. And God said for him, strangely at the time, that he had to make a bronze snake and that he had to put it on a pole. And that's what he did. And he told the people, all you have to do is look to the pole. Just look to the snake. And those who heard that word, believed him and did it, miraculously, they were healed. And uh, all the pain and all the suffering of the snake bite went away. And, And Nicodemus, you've got to remember, would have known that. He knew his Bible probably by heart. He knew the story certainly. And when Jesus says to him in verses 14 and 15, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have... Eternal life. And as I said, that is what happened in that past story. So, no religious act was needed. Simply by obeying God's command and looking at an object that God had raised up, death could be averted and a fresh start in life could be had. So Nicodemus leaves the house. And we do not yet know what he was thinking. How much did he ponder Jesus' criticism of his lack of understanding and of how a relationship with God came about? Particularly the sign, what would be the Son of Man lifted up? He didn't have a clue at that time about what, what would have been. It must have been in his mind. And yet we are confident, that's why I love this story, we are confident that Nicodemus didn't forget this conversation with Jesus, because we meet him again not long afterwards. And maybe since we've got time, I see your time is not, I haven't even got to an hour yet. We've only done 45 minutes. Let's just look at John chapter 19. If you want to flick over there. Um, George, would you like to read that? You have a, a good, Lloyd voice. John chapter 19. Verses 38 to 40. And maybe if you stand up, that would be good and turn around.
3: body, two of them practiced with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, the garden.
0: Thank you, George. Brilliant. So, think with me in that sense, isn't it? So, Nicodemus has been thinking about this. We don't know for how many months. It might have even been years since he last met Jesus. And he's not able to talk to Jesus at this time, of course, because Jesus has died. But as he approaches the cross... And he has that picture in his mind. I think he must have been thinking about the reality that he was told, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Could it be God's wrath turned away in this moment? New life given in this moment? Relationship restored through this and not through religion? Jesus, a substitute for me? Jesus, sacrifice for my sins? What did Jesus say? Believe in me. And I wonder, did he say, Jesus, wash away my sin? Jesus, breathe on me. Jesus, send your spirit to renew. And Nicodemus' adherence to religion appears to have been replaced by a relationship with Jesus. And what about us? Nicodemus' nighttime conversation with Jesus and religion set him off in a time of deep spiritual exploration, one so strong it held his attention to the bitter end. And how did he get there? Well, firstly, his confidence in religion was shaken. He was brought to a place where he was without understanding. But then in further conversation with Jesus, he had been helped and given words of hope. And in the end, after a long conversation, he was given the opportunity to set his religion aside and embrace a relationship with Jesus, with God, by faith in Jesus. He simply needed to look to Jesus for rescue. It would be Jesus' death on the cross that alone overcame his dependence on religious activity and what about us or what about you do you think yourself spiritual interested in god and are you prepared to acknowledge that isn't enough to bring you into relationship with god have you always been religious and are you willing to renounce your religious actions as a reason for your acceptance with God? Are you prepared to give yourself to Jesus' understanding of what it takes to know God and live under the rule of His kingdom? And do you have faith that Jesus' death on the cross was the final and perfect sacrifice for your sin? I pray that you will learn that we will all learn from the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. Because Jesus wants us to be freed from religion and come into a relationship of love and acceptance with him. Amen. Folks, we're going to sing again. And it's a prayer, isn't it? Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew that I may love as you have loved and do what you would do. So let's renew our commitment to the Lord in this song.
4: response to the words, Lord, hear us, who is, Lord, graciously hear us. Let's talk to God in prayer. Let's pray for others. Father, we come before you with honor and praise. We glorify your name. Father, we worship you. You are our King, our Lord and Savior. Father, receive all the adoration from your children. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. As a church, we know we are not perfect. We know we have sinned, and we do let you down day to day. Father, we are sorry. Forgive our sins. We thank you, Lord Jesus for dying on the cross, so that our sins may be forgiven. We thank you for your unfailing love and forgiveness. Lord, hear us. us. Jesus Christ tells us, whatever our situation, our concern may be, we should bring all our problems to him in prayer. When we call upon the Lord, he will listen to us. Lord, we call upon you now. We pray for church in chains. Through you, Lord, they will fulfill their purpose in helping and inspiring imprisoned and persecuted Christians all around the world, especially in China, Egypt, Eritrea, India, Iran, Iraq, Nigeria, North Korea, Pakistan, Syria, Turkey, and Uzbekistan. Lord, intercede for them. Fulfill their needs according to thy will. We ask you to use us. Help them in any way we can. Lord, comfort and uplift them, their spirits. Keep them strong. Let them know that even though they are in prison, persecuted, tortured, restricted, and murdered because of you, Lord, they are not abandoned. May thy will be done. Lord, hear us. We pray for the Christians in sports ministry who aim to reach the world of sport for Jesus. We thank God this ministry reaches Dublin today for the very first time. We pray for a breakthrough where the good news of Jesus Christ will be shared through spots, and the young people attending this camp will enjoy the experience and draw closer to God. Lord, hear us. We pray for teachers, children, and their families this summertime. Lord, we place them into your loving hands. Keep them safe as they enjoy the break in a relaxed, joyful, loving, and peaceful way. For our children in Sunday special and K2, keep them close to you, Lord, and remind them that their relationship with you should never take a break. Lord, hear us. For our church, for our church, Jesus, say, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Lord, we come to you with our burdens. You name them to our Lord, our worries, diseases, sicknesses, needs, our fears, concerns, and anxieties. Name them to our Lord, our Father in heaven, our King and Savior. Let's pour our hearts to him, now Lord send down your Holy Spirit we commit our whole church to you Lord come in our midst touch everyone Lord turn us around let's feel your presence Lord teach us to run to you with our worries not away from you Be our light in darkness. Let's experience your grace. Lord, let us be born again. Lord, hear us. We ask all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Well, folks, we conclude our service by standing to singing singing this great hymn, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. That's what Nicodemus experienced, that's what we all need to experience and many of us have, and we praise God for it. So let's stand to sing. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.